The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Tuesday is a lovely day indeed, although we're kind of out of things on the betting side for a little bit. What's happening, everybody? Fantasy NBA Today, Dan Vespers, Neil Rochlani, at ball with Neil, the great, or- the great orange ball. Uh, oh, good day to you, sir. I- I'm-, I'm all out of stupid jokes at this point. <laughs> hey, good day to you. Um, yeah, right off with the orange ball. No holding back. No, uh, no, no, you're not waiting until I say something obnoxious or stupid. That's good. Uh, well, I, my efforts weren't even clever there. I just called you the great orange ball. That's a ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's a ridiculous thing to say out loud. And yet, here we are. Anyway, uh, how are you? What's the What's the good word? How's your week been? Oh gosh, off to a booming start. Monday. I wish it was a Friday already, but uh, I'm happy to be back on with you and go over this. Um, we got mock drafts. We got real drafts. We got fantasy basketball is back in it, man. This is amazing. Yeah, it's it's actually this was all stuff that I was planning on digging into next week, but I I felt like circumstances just kind of said do it now after the hoop ball draft guide was released over the weekend and just absolutely crushed it. I don't know if you've been able it's I know you're busy under a million things. Have you been able to leaf through it at all yet? Even if you haven't, I, just say yes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, I've read every 575 profiles. Is that what it's up to now? Oh, my God. It's like almost 500. Panda, Eric, all these guys, they're just freaking lunatics, man. And the the amazing part is, like, I, I'll probably utilize 150 of those. But beyond that, I mean, my 12-team leagues, if I'm getting that far in, I've probably gone too far. But they're, you know, dynasty leaguers, ultra-deep leaguers. This is... I'm waiting on the word count from Panda on that thing. I, I I don't even have a reasonable guess at what it might be, but it is it is a lot. And so I'll start today's podcast by letting everybody know. Draft Guide, just because the weekend sale is over doesn't mean the Draft Guide is gone. If you didn't get it over the weekend when the Draft Guide was $13.99 and everything, of course, was sort of priced off of that, uh, the Pro Package, the Champions Package, whatever... All that stuff only went up $2. So it wasn't like it blew through the roof and went from 14 to 25 It went from 14 to 16 So I would say, if you didn't get over the weekend, get it now. Get the draft guide, get the pro package that comes with our draft guide and the full season membership. The champions package comes with the draft guide, the full season membership, and September 23rd access to the B-150. Everybody else in the draft guide, it comes with the draft guide, by the way. Everybody else that got just the DG, as we call it, you get the B-150 on October the 7th. So the Champions Pack, you get that sucker uh, two weeks earlier than everybody else. So a lot of good stuff still available at HoopBall. All of those links are available at my Twitter handle, at Dan Vespers, at HoopBallFantasy. You can go to hoop-ball.com is the website if you want to just check it out straight from there. Uh, payment, credit card, or PayPal, both are available. It's super easy. Get it. Join the ridiculous number of folks that got it over the weekend. Frankly, now you're going to need to get it just to keep up with those dudes in your league. Uh, Neil, you are at ball with Neil. That's why I always make that joke at the beginning of the show. B-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-N-E-I-L. This is Fantasy NBA Today, Tuesday edition, brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. H-I Kona Coffee on Twitter. HawaiianIsles.com is the website. And, of course, you can get it on Amazon, sent direct to your doorstep 
one day delivery. Prime one day if you get 35 bucks of stuff. If you don't, you can get it in two days. I know. What a time, Neil, when you can just get uh, bags of coffee from a hoop ball sponsor in a day on the internet. It's available at stores in California, but Neil, you're, you're not in California. And guess what? It doesn't matter. I know that the world might be burning. Literally, the Amazon rainforest is burning down right now. But you can get coffee in a day. So it's not all bad, right? So much to unpack there. But yes, yeah. I would, uh, I would, uh, getting coffee in a day is amazing. And, and uh, I don't know if you know this. They have a cookies and cream flavor, apparently. Which, I don't. Uh, now I feel like you're just taunting me with lack. No, I'm lactose. not taunting you. But they've got all kinds of deliciousness over there. So definitely mm. check them out. Hawaiian Isles. Love those guys, man. Our first ever partner here on uh, Hootball Podcasts, and uh, they've been with us for a full season and change now. Also, by the way, they're your title sponsor of the Hootball Draft Guide this year as well. So uh, getting involved on a couple of fronts. Thanks again to Glenn and the the good crew at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. So many things to do right now, and it's hard to do uh, deep, in-depth podcasting right out of the shoot when you've got all these, these points to cover. I will mention very briefly, Hoopball Leagues are open. They opened yesterday. If you'd like to join them, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. I'll get you in touch with our guy, the captain, and uh, we'll get you placed in one of our leagues. Uh, Roto, head-to-head, free $50 leagues. They're all available. Shoot me a note. We'll get in touch, and I'll get make sure you get placed. we got plenty of spots. We'll just keep opening leagues, basically, until they stop filling up. So, uh I know that one of the main things in all of marketing is to create immediacy. There isn't really immediacy on this front. The leagues will probably be open for the next four or five weeks, but obviously if you want to guarantee you get your spot, shoot me a note right away. 20 is the number of players I covered on yesterday's real draft results. The great Eric Ong and his ultra-competitive 16-team league. Neil, you want to get us started on number 21? We'll just pick up and keep rolling. 21 was... uh the rookie Zion Williamson. Mm. Um, I, I I don't say that without enthusiasm because I do am excited to watch him play next or this season. But uh, my God, I am not valuing him even anywhere close to this. So I am nervous about several things. Um, one chief among them is foul trouble. Uh, I saw some games at Duke last year. We just made some a lot of bonehead plays, and I think more savvy big men are going to know how to do that to him next year this coming year so i'm worried he doesn't um come anywhere close to this it's gonna be hard for him to hit this mark and my feeling and i think we talked about this a little bit or it might have been with uh this is brandon last week uh i spoke on kind of this best case scenario situation and isn't this really kind of a best case scenario for him haven't you like i i do feel like zion neil has a pretty good floor because of steals and blocks together, points, rebounds, field goal percent, like there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be good or better at five categories, which is pretty unusual for a rookie coming in. But things are going to hold him back. He's not a good foul shooter. You said there may be some foul issues on top of the other stuff. He's not going to be getting assists. He's not going to be shooting the three ball very much. Uh, I have no idea what's going to go on with his turnover game this year. It just it feels like a lot of things have to break right for him to get into that second round. And so if you draft him in the second round, which in a 12-team league, you're, you're talking about sort of the end of the second round, but not even entirely all the way there, how much higher could he possibly go than 21? Is, is like 19 
the world's best season here. I feel like you've wiped out a lot of the value on a guy that, let's be honest, you kind of have to draft him early if you want him. Yeah, I think if you want him, you have to draft him early because he has probably the biggest buzz of anyone coming in this draft. But, um, my God, uh, we talk about not making a bad mistake in the first few rounds. And I don't want to – I mean, obviously Zion can get there. It's not saying he could not get there. He could surpass 21. Um, I do think his upside is unlimited. So I think in three years from now, he'll be a first-round perhaps MB, um fantasy talent. But um, right now, with uh, all the uncertainty how his office, offense is going to go and – he has not played against the best of the best yet. Um, I just don't see him getting into the top 30 this year. So, You and I are extremely pragmatic fantasy drafters. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I mean that it's, it's, it's silly, but it's also true. And so the reason that I preface what I'm about to say with that comment is, is there any amount of fun that Zion would create that could get you to draft him where he would need to be drafted this year? Like, are you going to have any Zions on your team? No. No. I, I can't see it, but just because, like you said, I, I'm probably going to have to take him in the second round or the beginning of the third, worst yeah. case scenario. And I think you're losing value in all those picks. I'd have to get him in the fourth round, and that's not going to happen. What's the worst season that Zion has this year? I feel like he's almost guaranteed a top 50 year. Uh, I think that's guaranteed. Top uh, you're, talking, you're talking totals, or are you talking per game? Uh, well, let's go totals. Let's go nine-cat totals here. Um, I mean, I think okay. his, I don't think his turnovers are going to be a big factor either way, so that probably doesn't matter for our discussion. Just with right, the, right. The, the ability to do... You know, points, rebounds, steals, blocks, field goal percent. Those five categories alone should almost guarantee. Fine, let's say sixty. Is sixty the lowest he could possibly go, barring a yeah, massive injury? Yeah, but I'm also you're not worried about uh, New Orleans not making the playoffs, and then then him shutting down for the fantasy playoffs. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, this is the the head to head aspect does make that a little bit goofy. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I also think that they need to run him out there to sell tickets and be on these national TV games. He's their buzz right now. I mean, they're, the reason that they're getting national preseason games is not because Alonzo. Yeah, that's Zion. true. No, no, you're right. You're right. I, I just know. think by end of season, everyone kind of expects the great players to sit or the best players to sit if they're not, at least more so than than um, in the years past. So maybe he does. I mean, I have him playing around 70 games, which I think is probably fair. But um, And I think his, I think his floor would be probably like um, – 50 to 55. I think you're right. Yeah, that's that. a higher floor than most rookies have, which is, I think, the point that oh, I was making Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I think he's safe. Uh, I just don't think he's – his upside – yeah, this 21st takes away almost all his upside. Yeah. Uh, next guy that's right all. behind him, his teammate, Drew Holiday, who I've seen some actually pretty reasonable arguments on both sides of the fence for Drew, uh, one of the anti-Drew arguments being what you just mentioned with Zion – does he play more than 70 games this year? And I don't really have the answer to that. They also have a lot of guys around him, where last year it was just sort of Drew, Anthony Davis, and a bunch of weirdos. Uh, now they have Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, Derek Favors, J.J. Redick. Is it really going to be as you know, one-man gang in New Orleans as people sometimes make it seem? I feel like Drew Holiday is probably just going to have a really, really good fantasy season. Now, that being said, 22 is not that bad of a spot to get him. I think this is pretty close to where I'd expect him to go. 
and I'm often seeing him go earlier than this. So I almost feel like my ranting is based on different drafts than this one. What do you have him at? Near 22-ish? I have him more close, like 25 to 28 range. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think his points come down a little bit. I think the rest could hold. Is this a terrible spot to get him, or is this an okay spot? No, I think it's safe. I mean, I again, you know, the first couple rounds, like you said, if you can't, if you want someone, he's not coming back to you. And I think he's a relatively safe late second, early third round player. Yeah, and I'm looking at the list of guys that are drafted here shortly thereafter. There really aren't, I don't know that there's anybody on the list that I would say definitely you should have had off the board before Drew at this spot. Is there anyone that leaps out at you over like the next 10 picks that definitely should have been this guy at 22? Oh, um... I know no, I'm sort of going out of order here. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, there's no one here that's definitely a top 20 player that hasn't been taken yet. Yeah, I think that's probably why I'm so comfortable with Drew. It's just like, yeah, you know, maybe he's not 22, but not going to be 45. You know, you got this guy at the end of the second, and your worst-case scenario is probably end of third type of value, which right. that'll be fine. Your team will be fine. Someone around you is going to take a guy in the second round that finishes top 75, and their team is in deep duty right from the outset. I clean my I clean my act up here, Neil. I don't know. <laughs> uh, next on the list, who was who's at twenty three? We'll, we'll number twenty three, uh, John Collins. Uh, last year, forty nine per game, eighty five totals. I've got for nine category leagues. This seems a bit like his top end as well, kind of like Zion. So I have a weird, I have a weird John Collins question that I'm not sure I can ever fully answer. But it, is, it does. You're a math guy, so I'm going to throw it out to mm-hmm. you. He only averaged one combined steal and block last year. Wasn't that pretty weird? Because he, he was a guy that showed the ability to get a little bit of both in his rookie season. Yeah, that's that's the thing that how do you project it? Does he get one over a block a game this year? If he does, then maybe he is second-round talent, uh, along with you know increased uh, efficiency or if increased points and rebounds. But I don't, um, I don't know you can predict it. It's I mean, pretty after, weird. after last season, it's really hard to predict it. Very say. hard to predict. He actually averaged 1.1 blocks in only 24 minutes his rookie year, and then last season, 30 minutes, 0.6 blocks. Both steals and blocks went down considerably despite six minutes more in each game that he played. I can't, I can't for the life of me explain what the hell happened on that front. It, you know, it wasn't like Atlanta was a low defensive stat team. Trey Young got plenty. Dwayne Dedman got plenty. Uh, there were stretches where guys like DeAndre Bembry were going nuts with defensive stats. It, you know, that they were available on this track meet of a team. He just couldn't die. He was like the, the whole blind squirrel finds a nut thing. That blind squirrel didn't. That's crazy. I've got to think it comes back a little bit, like maybe 0.8 at the worst. You know, if you're 6'10 and you can leap like he can, you just have to find a block shot every once in a while. I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. I haven't projected around one, so I'm giving him more of credit just because he did it before, like you said, at one point one in 24 minutes. But I don't. Um, that's why I'm a little suspicious about him getting this high to 23rd. I'll be honest with you, Neil. I'd rather have the big guy taking two spots behind him at this spot, and maybe I'm. Crazy oh God, on that yes, one. yeah, you I'm totally do. with you on that one. Yeah. That, that guy we'll get to here in a moment. Uh, the guy behind John Collins, one slot behind him, Kristaps Porzingis at 24. This was an intriguing one. Curious your thoughts on Kristaps because uh, I don't 
I mean, there there's going to be some load management stuff with him, right? I mean, we've seen that he can be a second-round guy when he's healthy and playing. He was having a great season before he blew out his knee. Uh, but, I mean, if you're talking about a second-round guy playing 65 to 70 games, it's going to be really tough for him to get into the second round in totals, especially in a head-to-head league, which is what this draft was. I, I don't think that I can take a chance on that, dude. Yeah, not only load management in games, but I think load management in minutes. I think we talked about this. We don't expect him to get above 30 minutes a game, do we? I don't expect him to, at least. There's sort of, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to push him that hard, no. Yeah, in addition to perhaps getting shut down at the end of the season if they're not in the playoff mix. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is again, shooting too high. I'd, I'd take him in the third round. Well, third round's coming up, <laughs> but uh, I'll probably <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't take him to like 30th. Yeah, you know, one pick away, Neil. <laughs> no, no, no. I would, and even that, I think, is a stretch. I think 30th might be where he ends up. So, I am... Uh, I just... I, in a head-to-head I mean, Are you going to avoid them all together? Uh, in a head-to-head, maybe. In a head-to-head, maybe. In a Roto League, I think I would give him a look, but it would have to be... It would have to be a little bit deeper than this. This is this is too soon for me. And now I'm getting I'm I'm got myself all curious here where he's actually where he's actually going. His ADP here in the early going. I I feel like this is earlier than he's been coming off the board in most uh most nine cat drafts. Yeah, the early ADP for Porzingis is thirty three, which still might be a hair too early, but certainly more achievable uh, at least from a value standpoint than. Are we at 24 in this one? Yeah, 24 is pretty early. You got this was someone I think who just definitely wanted him and uh, went and got his guy, which I guess, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. I just, to me, I thought there were better values out there, and it seems like you agree. Now, let's get to the guy that we were talking about a minute ago as the one we probably would have just taken over both of these guys, Miles Turner. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, like, my my explanation here is, is why not? You know, he had a great season. He was number 26 on a per-game basis, which is basically right where he got drafted here. Uh, he played 74 games last season. And forget for a minute the fact that he was number 26. What he was able to do in one singular category is the kind of thing that can float you in head-to-head or roto. I mean, he was the kind of guy that could single-handedly get you into the middle of the pack or better in blocks. Those guys are extraordinarily rare especially when they're not totally tanking you in one of the two percentages. Namely, for blocks, it's usually going to correspond with a bad free throw number. Uh, he should have a solid year, I would think. I think so, too. I think his points go up this year. Um, I think his blocks, uh, I don't know if he can hold that, what he did last year, but it's going to be very close, if not at the same rate. And um, I think his percentage is are, are going to be solid again. So, yeah, I, he might even shoot more threes. Um, we'll see how it looks. I know that when he first came into the team, uh, Larry Bird was very impressed on his uh, outside shooting. Um, so we'll see where he ends up going uh, in terms of year-end value. But, yeah, this is last year, 26, like you said, 21st totals. I think he's going to end up around there, if not better, again this year. So this is a great pick. Yeah, I think Sim- yeah. simple yet effective, I would think, here. I, I just yeah. – um, I'm not. I'm not on board with with number twenty six, and yeah, I, I I almost feel like I have to recuse myself from this discussion because I've clobbered this player so often. But that's Ben Simmons, who, when you're a punt free throw guy, you just you can't go this early. You can't go this early when you're going to destroy someone's numbers in one category. 
unless you're providing something that no one else on the board can do, which is like, okay, Andre Drummond. He's a punt free throw guy, but he was at 17 and 16 with three and a half defensive stats. Uh, Ben Simmons, sure, he got you more assists, but 17 points, no three-pointers, 17, 9, and and 8, 2.2 combined defensive stats, uh, three and a half turnovers, so that hurts you certainly a little bit more in 9-cat than 8, which is what this draft was. That was a 9-cat draft. 26 is extraordinarily early for him. I think even, and Neil, you're more of an 8-cat guy. Would you consider him an 8-cat at this early juncture? Because 9-cat, I think this is a little bit crazy. Oh, it's crazy in both. Um, yeah, I mean, I know people just gravitate towards, like, they're, they're, there's nine equal categories, and three of these categories are fantastic, but three are negative, you know? Very bad categories. So I don't, um, especially nine cats, so I don't get it. I mean, the, the eight cat, maybe I could see him going in round four or five, but um, it's just a name and a popcorn number thing. I guess I love seeing him come off the board. Cause that just means that all the guys I want are sliding one pick. Oh no. Yeah. Me. You love these picks. These are the best to see if it's not you taking them. That one's, that one's a kooky one. There have been some good ones, some bad ones, some weird ones. That to me is my least favorite. I think of the first 26, I think, I don't know if you got to hear the picks from yesterday or even check them out. Uh, and, and I feel a little bit bad picking on it, but to me, this is the one that where the bottom could fall out so easily. And I just, oof, that hurts. That hurts. That's a third rounder. Yeah, I guess you're right. The only other one I'm trying to look at yesterday. So, no, there's nothing that jumped out from yesterday that was that was too um, strange compared to this one. This is not really that strange. This is, this is going to happen in reality probably most drafts. He's going to go probably in the 20s or 30s. Yeah, that's, that's crazy talk. Um, Trey Young. At 27, this is uh, this is pretty close to where we're seeing him go. In fact, it's a little bit later than he's going in most Yahoo mocks. Uh, his ADP is 22 right now, so he actually fell a little bit. Um, he was actually quite good down the stretch last year. Somewhat lost in this in what was a weird up and down season. I, I to me, this is a totally fine spot to take Trey Young. I think he'll probably have a solid fantasy year. Um, and you know if you can if you can get him in the third round, I I think I would consider doing it. The fact that we're seeing him go between sixteen and twenty to me is a little bit uh, too early. But as he slides towards the late twenties, I guess I'm okay with it. I I'm you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna set, Neil I'm gonna settle on this one with a I'm fine with it. What about you? Yeah, I think it's okay. I don't think I would take him this early. Uh, I still think he needs to work on his. The turnovers will be a big issue. I still, I think, next year and or this year, and um, percentage, the free field goal percentage is still a little weak. So um, he could, I guess, score more. I don't know. I don't think he'll score much less or have fewer assists. So I think those are safe. Defensive stats are not great. So um, I would probably wait till this. I don't know if he'll last to thirty, but that's again probably the earliest I would take him. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Also, I don't think he'll last that far, but you know. This, if you desperately need a point guard at this spot, you know, whatever. Uh, Draymond Green at 28 in this one, which honestly, I think that they probably could have waited a little bit longer on him. You're not seeing him go this early in most drafts, and it's fine. Uh, this person may have just wanted him and thought he ain't getting back to me because it looks like he doesn't have another pick for 
uh, about nine spaces, and so you know you don't take a chance there. You 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 go get the guy you want. Um, I think in a vacuum, you probably could have waited a little bit longer. But I do think Draymond Green should have a solid year. So it's sort of that that balance where maybe this isn't the world's greatest value, but you're getting a guy who's going to put up a decent fantasy season. I roll all that stuff together, and I give this one a, yeah, okay, I'm fine with it. Same thing as the last one. Neil, kicking it back to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm okay with it. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty solid season as well. I think he's going to be um, – I think he's going to be really motivated this year. I think that whole team's going to be motivated. Um, I think his scoring is going to be up. Uh, I think his assists could be up. I think he can be a triple-double guy um, every night. Um, I like it. I would take him here. Who do we got next? I'll let you. I'll let you. Oh the yes, here. Uh, another one of Dan's uh, not so favorites, <laughs> Devin Booker at twenty nine. Mm. Yeah, has never lived up to that, has he? He has not. This is uh, infatuation with the points category. There's little other explanation. He had, by all accounts, he actually had a wonderful season last year. Aside from the fact that he still can't make it through uh, a year healthy. Um, but he shot 47% almost from the field, which was crazy high given the fact that he takes a lot of jumpers. High volume, 87% of the free throw line, 27-4-7. and seven. But, and this is always the thing with guys like Devin Booker, the but is a, a large one and one that I needed to stress with weird vocal inflection. He's He does nothing on the defensive end. Uh like really nothing of the defensive end. And I don't know how you look at these numbers and you're like, here's a spot where he could get significantly better. I don't see that field goal percent getting any better. If anything, it probably gets worse. Free throw percent was outstanding. That ain't getting any better. Uh, assists, those are not going up with Ricky Rubio in town. Maybe turnovers come down? That's the only spot, Neil, where I could see him really evolving his game in any meaningful way. So then I turn to the next page of my discussion. I say, well, where was he last year? Oh, 42. Is a slight decrease in turnovers really going to be enough to catapult him from 42 to 30 or higher? I don't know. Um, You know how much I hate the Devin Booker stat set. So again, I probably should have just recused myself because there's almost no way I'm drafting him in non-pointsy formats. Um, but nine cat to me, there's almost no way he does better than number 29. This is the apex. So no, thank you. I'm, I'm a thumbs down on this one. Yeah, I don't, um, I've never had him on my team and I don't think I will this year again. Um, he's just too, too, like you said, is, uh, is the hype is, has never matched the actual, um, output. So, and there's nowhere to go. Maybe, maybe the steals go up. Maybe Rubio teaches him something about that. Um, yeah, good luck. Yeah, uh, I, so maybe that goes up over over a one a game, uh, one point something. But um, there's very little room for growth. So yeah, I think he ends up in, like in the 30s, best case scenario, probably in the 40s. I know that you also handicap guys similar to the way I do, which is looking at their stats and saying where could they make the leap. Do you see anywhere he could make a leap besides turnovers? No, um, you can't really score many more points. Um, <laughs> yeah, not by much. No, I mean maybe three pointers if he's just taking all threes. I don't, I don't know. I'm not uh, sure I even want that. I don't think he'd want it on the obviously percentages. I, I, I can't see that staying there. I would put him more at 45 percent this year. So. Yeah, it does seem like a regression is due if he can hold that steady. That's a best case scenario. So now 
He's always going to get drafted too early because of his high scoring. Oh, Neil, number 30. We all had high hopes that this dude might not be the massive hype train that we all knew exactly he was going to be. Mitchell Robinson, uh, ADP of 28.5 in all leagues, drafted 30 in this one. And frankly, that's where you have to take him if you want him on your basketball team. Um, I don't know that I'm going to end up with that many Mitchell Robinsons because I feel like the hype train is totally taken off. But at the same time, I love his stat set. I mean, he's going to play 24 or more minutes a game, right? This is a dude that's probably going to average three to three and a half blocks a game this year. Sure, it looks like it. Um, I just, you know, New York is so dysfunctional. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I just, I can't trust that. I know, he, I know he doesn't need a lot of minutes. I just don't know what's really going to happen there, and so I don't think I'll get him on my team. But I agree with you. If he plays high 20s, he'll, he'll get there. He'll get three blocks a game. He'll get a double-double. He'll get um, great or great at least field goal percentage, and he'll be around. He'll be, he might exceed this, actually, next year or then- this year. You and I had Knicks are one of the few teams where you had differing takes on the season win totals, right? You had them going under. I always have them going under. Yeah, you're probably right on that front. I just felt like they wanted to win a little bit more this year, and that was. And so I don't know. Does that mean more or less Mitchell Robinson? That that begs the question of: Is he actually helping them win, or is he like a shot blocking novelty? I I just I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, and uh, it's going to take a whole damn year to figure it out. But that actually gave me a really nice segue. We were talking about season win totals here just a moment ago, and it gives me an opportunity to bring up our buddies at mybookie.com. I told you guys about them yesterday. Neil, I'm gonna I gotta get you to move your offshore uh ducats across the across whatever the Caribbean Sea uh to mybookie.com. Have uh have you heard about them yet, my good man? I have heard about them, but I have not utilized their services before. Again. All right. Well, it's okay. go time, and let me tell you why. Because up to a thousand bucks first deposit is doubled. They're matching it with promo code today. T O D A Y. Today is the promo code. Visit MyBookie online. M Y B O O K I E. Use the promo code today when creating the account to make sure that you get the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Uh, Neil, I don't really follow the NFL. Do you follow football? Yeah, I do. I feel guilty about it, but I do. You shouldn't feel guilty about it, and I'm glad you said yes because that's actually a tie into my bookie. Also, you're making the second you're making the second half of this promo a lot easier. So thank you. Uh, my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend, which is great. You got college football action, odds on uh, even things as crazy as the presidential election. I know it's not football, but they've got something fun for everyone. My bookie is also hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000. Only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard, score your share of the huge cash prize pool. My bookie is always the right play. I love it. I love it. They've got live in-game betting on NFL. They've got rewarding player perks in the business. You got fantasy guys. You can actually bet over and under on fantasy points for NFL guys in the middle of the games. It's live betting. And that's why I'd only recommend a service to the listeners of this podcast that is proven. How's that, Neil? Are you convinced yet? I'm signed up. That's my man. That's an advertising well spent right here. I love it. I love it. I'm actually really thrilled. So I know we do a little bit of a shtick here and we're having some fun. But mybookie.com, 
They are a second-ever advertiser here at hoopa-ball.com on the podcast. We are stoked to have them aboard. Thank you guys for taking a chance on us here at Fantasy NBA Today. Neil and I, we are uh, bona fide degenerates on this podcast. We talk about betting every Tuesday almost, so it actually makes a lot of sense that we could talk about mybookie.com on today's show. So check it out. Again, my B-O-O-K-I-E. Use promo code TODAY. Pick number 31. I've lost my place on our sheet, Neil. Where'd we leave off? Uh, another Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell goes 31st. Ooh, it's like a Price is Right. Or not Price is Right. It's like a Wheel of Fortune category. Donovan Mitchell yeah. Robinson. I love it. Joe Robinson. That would be so great if he was an answer on Wheel of Fortune. Anyway, um, (laughs) Donovan Mitchell, 31. Oh, gosh. I hate to compare him to Ben Simmons, but. um, Yeah, a little bit too much hype. Too much hype and too much. Oh, I mean, the stat. I mean, some of the stats are fantastic and the, um, you know, watching him is just very enjoyable, but it just doesn't match this um, draft choice. It does not. Um, have you had a chance to watch him on Team USA? Maybe I'm being, maybe it's the the weird camera angle of the building in Australia, sort of lower down. Uh, he was looking kind of, kind of thick. Like I don't know if he got ultra buff or gained weight in a in a not as good fashion. But I'm a little worried that maybe that hurts his mobility a tiny bit. I, I don't know what to expect exactly of Donovan Mitchell this year, but. At least when you look at him, Neil, you can see the one spot where a significant jump could move him, and that would be field goal percent. Because right now, he's a pretty good anvil on that category. Yeah, that could definitely come up. Um, yeah, he definitely has room to grow. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen with Conley. I don't see his scoring. Uh, maybe it stays up here. But they also have Bogdanovich to shoot from the outside. So yep. I think that might come down a bit. So I don't think he's going to improve much from last year. I think he was... 56 per game at 42 total. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. around 50th, I think, is where he's going to end up again. I'm with you. I'm with you. What about Jaron Jackson Jr. at 32? He's next on our list. My God, this is early, isn't it? I mean, I love this guy, and I hope he finishes here. I think, uh, I mean, have we even seen enough of him as an NBA player? I know he has no. a pretty high floor, but um, this is too high. God, I feel like I'm I'm no, like bashing every pick. I'm no, sorry. it's too high. Well, it's a lot of a lot of people. Uh, there, there's some grabbing at shiny things here going on, and Jaron Jackson is certainly one of those. Uh, I think a lot of people forgot that last year his numbers really didn't bear out the hype in any meaningful fashion. He was at 14 points, five rebounds. Not a really big rebounder at the power forward spot, and only 1.4 blocks. That was the number that we were all expecting to be colossal and through the roof, and it just wasn't. As he learned to not foul people, his block numbers also came down with it. I think that minutes on the floor is going to help that. He only averaged 26 minutes a game last year. That's probably coming up near 30. So you can probably give a 15% bump to a lot of the stuff, and that's a big deal. But his numbers last year only got him as high as 88. So it wasn't as though he was right on the cusp of being a first, second, or third-round guy. Uh, this, to me, is is sort of upside capping again. We're seeing a lot of that as we go through some of these picks here, is that guys are going in where they could sort of end up in a best-case scenario. And to me, that's sort of where this is. I was kind of hoping, Neil, that he'd be a little bit more of a post-hype guy, weren't you? I am, or I was. But uh, this um, this draft is not making me feel good about that. I think that people are giving him a pass on last year because, one, he didn't play that many minutes. He didn't play the entire season. And I think this is his team now or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe there was a little bit of a pass there. You might be right. His ADP is around 50. So perhaps this oh, was, an, is. No, 
This might That's be good. an anomaly. I don't know. He might be a guy we see getting drafted earlier and earlier as the draft season wears on, or or maybe this is a one-off. I, I don't know. I, I would be very... I'd be totally fine getting him at 50, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd be pretty happy at that. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a yeah. big 18 picks here in between these two. It's a big, you know, one and a half to two rounds, depending on, you know, where you are drafting in that round. That to me, turns him from kind of an upside capped pick to one with a round to two of upside. Now, it's funny, too, because the same guy here, this is this is on a turn in this 16-team league, obviously 32-33, not, not normally so in, uh, in a 12-teamer. But this same team took Clint Capella at 33, which to me is almost the the opposite way of drafting. This is a guy that actually, by all accounts, had a stellar season last year, and nobody cares. I can't figure this one out, Neil. Capella was number 20 in 9-cat last year. Why are people docking him so hard? Is it that they think he's going to lose a few rebounds to Russell Westbrook? Because for me, every minute he spends on the floor this year is going to be with someone that can lob him a basketball. Yeah, this one's hard to figure out as well. I don't know if people are just a little afraid of the uh, free throw percentage, um, but this is head to head, so maybe you're you're safer with that category, not being so high. And I, well, I'm, one, I'm surprised this player took or this um, person took two big men back to back there. But anyway, uh, as far as Capella in the vacuum, I think he is going to be very safe. I think this is a great pick at 33. I agree. And get a load of this, Neil. His ADP right now. You want to take a stab at it? Uh, well, now, 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 now I might overshoot, but I was, I'll say 40, 48. Wow. Can you even believe it? Wow. Clint Capella or Ben Simmons. Oh, Clint Capella. And it's not, <laughs> I know. And I it's know. not close. <laughs> I know. It's not even close. I mean, that's a silly thing, right? <laughs> because Capella was number, number 20 on a per game basis last year. 20 to zero. That, by the way, is including the fact that Jakar Sampson was number 19 with four games played. So by all accounts, Capella was actually number 19 last year on a per-game basis. He was terrific, and his free throw percent was not good, but he only took four a game, and he was one of, if not the best field goal percent guys in the entire NBA. I don't, I, I can't figure why he's falling as far as he is, and I think this is a wonderful pick at 33. Wonderful. Yeah, he, he's, very, he's very similar to uh, Gobert, actually. Yeah, very similar, and then taken yeah. 20 picks later in this draft. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic, 34. This, to me, is later, actually, than I expected him to go in a lot of drafts, and yet I wouldn't touch him for <laughs> in 9-cat. He's got a long way to go before he's a 9-cat guy, for me, at least. I know he's going to be exciting and fun, and he's going to be a triple-double machine with infinite upside, but... Both percentages and turnovers were not good for him last year. That's that's tough to fix all of that in one big swoop. Yeah, the percentages were really surprising. I did not know what to expect with him last year in terms of those categories. I thought he'd be a much better free throw percentage shooter. So that that in and of itself knocks me out of drafting him probably in any league this year. Um, yeah, this is another triple-double, but the other six categories are just okay. It's not bad. So... I'm going to pass on him this year. Unfortunately, I love watching him play, but not a great fantasy player. Luka Doncic last year averaged 21, 8, and 6. Can I give you a couple of interesting names that actually finished ahead of him in 9-cat? Please. Terrence Ross, Marvin Williams, P.J. Tucker, Marcus Smart, Rudy Gay, Danny Green, 
Darren Collison. Need I go on? Jeremy Grant. Guys, Luka Doncic finished at 97 in 9-cat last year. He was a net hard negative in four statistical categories. Even if he fixes one of those, that doesn't barely get him inside the top 75. 9-cat, this is a guy you just can't take a chance on. You can't do it. Uh, the guy behind him, De'Aaron Fox at number 35. I'd rather have him over Doncic, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I, this is still way too early for me. I agree. Fox. Yeah, this I'm thinking he's more like around 50th. Um, he was 68 in 9-cat last year. Yeah, I mean, 50th is probably a stretch as well, but this seems way too early. I know on the totals, he was, wasn't he 39th last year in 9-cat? Yeah, he played uh, 81, I think, out of the air, 82 games. So durability yeah. was a good thing for De'Aaron, and he's a pretty exciting young basketball player. Um, I do think he gets better year over year. I, I think his free throw number probably comes up a little bit. But, man, that's another giant leap for someone to take. If you believe in his durability, this is less of a crazy pick than if you're just doing it on the per-game number. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah. but And also, uh, you've got me scared with the new coaching staff. I, I, I might yeah. be avoiding a lot of Kings this year. I mean, I think he'll be out there. You know, Luke Walton's not... Not stupid enough to bench De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I'd be more worried with sort of the glut of big men on that team, on the Luke Walton side. I have no idea what weird-ass rotation he's going to pull out of his you-know-what on that side. Um, speaking of point guards, D'Angelo Russell at 36 in this league. He's an interesting one, Neil. I, I Frankly, I hadn't talked about him all that much on the podcast uh, because he did have this you know, one-man gang stretch in Brooklyn last year. And with all of that good stuff, he was still only number 57 in 9-cat. Is this the expectation that his efficiency blows up in Golden State? Because 36 is pretty damn high for a guy who, for the first time in his career, was healthy last year. I mean, we don't know if that's going to continue either. Yeah, I don't understand this pick either. Um you know, they're not a, uh, they're much more of a ball sharing team. Uh, I don't think the, he's going to run much of the offense, at least on the first unit. Um, I don't know where he gets better. I don't think he gets up to 21 points a game. Um, 3.2, three point, I mean, whatever three pointers he had. I'm sorry. I'm looking at something else. Um, I, I don't know where he improves. I don't, I don't see how he gets inside the top 40. That's a that's a yeah that's a stretch. I mean, again, it's going to have to be on the durability side, and I don't know that we he but he did play eighty games his rookie year, uh, but that knee had given him trouble two years in a row prior to this most recent season. So I oh boy, I don't know. Uh, I think I'd rather at this point take someone where you're not banking on them playing every game all season long, and there are a few of these guys coming up, and you know we'll see how far we get on today's show. The goal, by the way, was to get through 50 on today's pod. I don't think we're going to make it that far, Neil, and that's okay. Uh, we're, we're breaking guys down. There's no reason to rush. And so I bring you number 37, a player who I announced as one of my hype train candidate of the year, uh, nominees, the great Bam Adebayo. ADP, by the way, is 47. He was drafted in this league at 37. I would love to have Bam Adebayo on every damn one of my fantasy teams, Neil, and I am extremely, extremely scared that I'm going to have to spend a third or early fourth round pick to do it, and I don't know that I can do that. Yeah, this seems, uh, gosh, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I don't know if he's going to make that big of a jump. Um, clearly the minutes will be up. Maybe he gets 
maybe gets north of 30. I'm not sure, but um, he does do a lot in almost every category. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does everything kind of well. So I like those guys a lot. Uh, you know, me about the diversification. So, but I just, until I see, it, I'm not going to trust this high of a performance. I would like to get him in the fifth or sixth round. I, yeah. I don't think it was, I don't think he's going to fall that far. I don't think he's going to fall that far either. And it hurts my heart because the hope was that he would. And it just, it doesn't look like it's happening. So again, you know, this is a spot where somebody took a guy that they didn't think was going to get back to them. And they're, they're probably right about that. You know, I mean, he's, he's probably not going to fall 12 picks past 37. I don't think he's going to get to 50. If he did, I'd take him every day of the week because he also has shown himself to be uh, fairly durable. He played all 82 games last year in obviously a lower minute count, so that'll put a little bit more of a strain on his body. But he's durable, points, rebounds. He does pass okay out of a big man spot. Steals and blocks if he sees the minutes to do it. Field goal percent is good. Free throw percent is not terrible. He has fantasy stud written all over him. But damn, end of the third, beginning of the fourth, that's that's a tough spot when there are guys out there that – could really go could go higher and uh anyway we'll we'll see how that shakes out buddy healed is number 36 in this draft his adp is 46 so another guy that's getting scooped up very early in this hyper competitive draft i love buddy healed uh i don't know if i love him at 36 though that's that's awfully early again i think he's i think he's 38 am i am i off oh you're right 38 excuse me so eight yeah, spot, eight, you're you're correct eight <laughs> spots in front of his adp yeah, I mean, if you're telling me the backcourt is, is safe in Sacramento, I think I, I'm actually okay with this. Um, I, don't, I think his floor is pretty safe. I think he finishes as a fourth-round player. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let me let me walk back my remarks. He is a very safe play in this neck of the woods, but, geez, I sure would love to get him a tiny bit later just just because. You know, I mean, I've got these this pie-in-the-sky thing going on here. We're going to come across a few guys, and it might not be on today's show. It might be on tomorrow's. We're going to come across a few guys drafted in the 40 to 50, 40 to 55 range that to me could have easily gone in the late 30s, but were passed over for sort of buzzier, shinier guys. And that's that to me is where I'd sort of flip this thing on its head. Let's do 39 and 40, and then I'm, I'm just going to pick a few out of a hat here later, but I'll come back and we'll do it in order on tomorrow's show with Brandon. Uh, 39 is Hassan Whiteside. This one, I mean, we, we've been nitpicking a little bit. But this one is pretty crazy, right? This is. Am I losing my mind here? Um, well, you know, some guys can win you category. Some guys can lose you category. Um, yeah, I don't know why he would go this early unless I haven't seen his whole roster construction. So I would avoid Hassan White's having the plague. It just doesn't even matter to me because his ADP is 70. He wasn't about to get picked. He just wasn't. I, I like unless you don't have another pick for thirty slots, you don't have to take him here. They're way better centers on the market that aren't going to kill you in a category. You know, again, we're nitpicking a lot of this stuff. We're like, yeah, we like this guy. We'd love to take him around later. Uh, number one, I don't love this guy, and number two, I don't even know that I'd take him three rounds later. This this is officially going in as my number two least favorite play of of this thing so far. I will say this, by the way. Uh, I think that this team is punting free throws. I believe this is also the team that has Ben Simmons. And if I go back to the very early parts of the draft, I actually don't see that this team has a first-round pick. So maybe there's something that I'm totally missing. Uh, It's very big heavy. 
Bam Adebayo, uh, Draymond Green, Ben Simmons are also on this team. So free throws are getting thrown uh, into the sky. Here's one. Oh, boy. Okay, so again, I'm going to try not to pick on this team too much, but here's a reason why I really don't like punting free throws is that you do something like this where, yeah, you got your Hassan Whiteside, but again, you were bidding against yourself. You know, he could have taken any one of these next centers with a higher upside, uh, DeAndre Ayton, LaMarcus Aldridge, are all coming up here over the next little bit. Brooke Lopez, Sure, those guys don't fit the build quite as well. But if LaMarcus Aldridge is cruising along at, you know, number 30 after two months into the year, you could trade him for Hassan Whiteside and someone else. Someone, I mean, like, there's, you have to understand, especially if no one else is punting free throws, these are guys you could get on the cheap later on. Mm -hmm. So don't eliminate half the NBA from your draft strategy, even if you're punting. Because it's really easy to get a guy like a Steven Adams, you know, a round or two later. Which, by the way, I believe this team did also get Steven Adams. So, <laughs> like, they did a good job of getting the guys you're supposed to get if you're punting. But you didn't have to get Hassan Whiteside that early. He'd have been available at 70. Nobody wants that dude right now. So, that, to me, is a spot where I think maybe this team needed to sort of read the market a little bit better. Um, but I understand the strategy behind it. Uh, and then finally, Thomas Bryant going at number 40 in this one, which also uh, punches me right in the teeth because he's another guy I was hoping would slip a little bit. His ADP right now is 58, but if this draft is any indicator, it's going to be moving forward from 58. He might be another hype train guy, and that pisses me off. What happened to the day, Neil, when we could actually get these guys cheaper? That day is gone. That day is totally gone. What happened? We yeah. were young ones. Yeah, this guy at, uh, I mean, there's, well, 40th. I guess he could exceed that. I mean, it's possible. Um, but I would, yeah, there are guys, the guy after him I would take in front of him. So this is surprising. The guy after him, by the way, is uh, DeAndre Ayton. Who, yeah. uh, but we're, we're sliding past 40 here. I want to put a pin in the actual numerical counting here, but I'm glad you mentioned DeAndre Ayton. There are a handful of guys here over the next little bit that I would have drafted in the 30 to 40 range that fell around later. And I wonder if this is something that keeps on happening. I'll give you my names right now, and I'd love yours as well. Uh, mm -hmm. In the next, I'm just going to cap it at 16 players because that's one full round in this league. In the next 16 picks, I would have preferred to have LaMarcus Aldridge, Tobias Harris, Rob Covington, who I know I trust more than most despite coming off injury, Otto Porter, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Mike Conley over a handful of the guys we saw come off the board already. What about over that next 16 for you? Do any of those guys jump out as dudes that just you can't believe how far they ended up falling because they weren't buzzy guys? Yeah, I think ours is going to overlap. But did you say Aiden Aldridge, Tobias Harris, yep. Robert Covington? Yep. Um, I'd even go Kevin Love, um, yeah, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I didn't even see Kevin Love. He's at 49 there. Yeah, and Chris Middleton. Oh, Mike Conley. My God, what is he doing down there? Okay, anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. <laughs> I, 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 this is, I think, the beauty of our method of drafting, Neil, is that you and I don't we don't swing for the fences all that often. Every once in a blue moon, I will. And again, this, is this by the way, again, is head-to-head, is -head, so we have to keep that in mind as we're breaking down some of the guys and whether or not they're going to play down the stretch and yada, yada, yada. Uh, with a lot of the guys that you and I both just named, 
LaMarcus Aldridge, extraordinarily durable throughout his career. DeAndre Ayton looked pretty damn durable last year. Tobias Harris, he's looked pretty damn durable. So I'd, Rob Covington, less so. Kevin Love, less so. Fine. We can, we can shelve those guys if you really want because of the head-to-head side. But just because they're not buzzy guys that are going to take off and post top 15 seasons, if you're getting Aldridge at 42, LaMarcus Aldridge, if he's really still on the board at 42, you'd be a madman not to pick him up. He was number 25 per game last year and played in 81 games. I think I actually said this on yesterday's podcast, but it bears repeating. LaMarcus mother bleeping Aldridge on a totals basis last year in nine cat was number 16, one six, one six people. He went at 42 in this draft because he's just not fun. But who gives a crap about fun? Don't we want to win money? Whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I get fired up a little bit sometimes. Uh, Talk to the folks at my bookie. They're with you. Yeah, thank you. That's what. <laughs> that's right. My bookie. Let me let me get that ad back up. My bookie. Bet, win, get paid. And if you draft with me and Neil. You're going to have a super boring team, but you're probably going to win and get paid. And so that's the way we want to do this damn thing. Neil, you're off the hook for Thursday this week. I didn't warn you until uh, yesterday when I realized I, I was flipping back uh, to five shows a week. You get a little bit of a respite here. Yeah, I know. the um, By popular demand, you're back on every yeah. darn day. You're going to back to your uh, Ripken Jr. streak. Oh, right? I know. That, that Iron Man streak needed to end real bad. Thank you and Adrian for breaking it last offseason. <laughs> I needed that bad. I needed it bad. Because things like that start to take on a life of their own, you know? Then, it like, the longer it goes, the more impossible it is to break the Iron Man. And so uh, having you guys around has been an unbelievable help. And uh, fear not, though, Neil. You're stuck with me. You're stuck talking to me at least one day a week here leading up to the season. So I can't let you go quite that easy. Oh, that's great to hear. I'm I'm happy to come on anytime you want me to. So thank you for having me. Beautiful, beautiful. He's oh. ball with Neil. He's ball with Neil on Twitter. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. We will continue our journey through this uh, real draft. This is not a mock, ladies and gentlemen. This is real draft with real money on the line. Uh, I'll be talking to Brandon Marcus tomorrow's show, uh, Wednesday. That'll be Brandon Day. I'll come up with an ailment. Don't worry. Something will hurt me between now and then. And uh, we'll try to go 40 through 75. We'll see how it goes. Best laid plans, as they say. But we'll damn sure get through 100 picks before this week is done. Neil, I'll talk to you in a week. Have a good one, Dan. Take care. He's Neil. I'm Dan, at Dan Vesper. Hit me up if you want to join the Hoop Ball Leagues. Buy the draft guide. Visit HawaiianIsles.com and MyBookie.com. We love these guys. We love you. Let's get some leagues going. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.